You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. Hope y'all enjoy. This week on Carly's Couch, we talk about your nervous system. Is it dysregulated? How do you even know? Buenos dias. Welcome to Carly's Couch. We hope you're having a great Monday. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, it's definitely not Monday when we're recording this. My brain was like, mm-hmm. huh? But yes, I hope you are having a beautiful day. And I'm super excited to talk about um, nervous system and nervous system regulation. I think it's so important. Um, but I guess, dang, I thought I had an announcement, but I guess I do not. So <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Yeah. I just had a moment. Um, so what is the nervous system? So your nervous system, um, it's funny because it's one of those things I felt like I know what it is, but when trying to explain it, I was like, let me Google it. So basically your nervous system does everything. Um, it functions, it sends your brain signals from your organs and stuff in your body, but the primary function of it is homeostasis, like keeping your body safe, keeping your body regulated, all your hormones, your blood, your heartbeat. It's, it's the thing that's taking toll of all of that. Mm-hmm. The way I think about it is... Um, I see them mapping my head of the blue lines going all through the human body. And I always thought about the nervous system as um, kind of the pathways by which signals travel from the brain to the rest of your body. So essentially, um, you know, that's why you feel or um, have different movement or whatever senses. Um, And I would imagine that... Um, for example, like when you burn your hand or whatever, like that's you might damage your the nerve endings, which is why all of a sudden now, if you can't send any signals to your brain, that's why you no longer can uh, maybe feel where that finger was. Or maybe that's why if you lose an arm, you have the phantom feelings because mm. um, your body's still like trying to like send things that way. Um, so there's uh, it seems kind of broad, but I feel like I kind of know what the nervous system is. Um, But I never necessarily thought about it being regulated, like something could be wrong with it um, or that it maybe can be like reacting or acting in a way that is um, in a way like that we don't necessarily need. Yeah, because when you think about all the functions, um, it's it's interesting, like with those people uh, or at least I've seen it like they have diseases where they can't feel pain. And their Mm -hmm. nervous system is different. So they could be burning their hand or something and not knowing. So that's like a physical representation. Um, But it also regulates your like emotions and your ability to stay present in the moment. Um, So there's two parts to our our autonomic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system controls your body's fight or flight. And I feel like that's probably the one that most people are familiar with, like fight, flight or freeze. Um, And this puts your body on high alert. I think back to back in the day when we were cavemen and women and people and there was like dinosaurs or whatever. And you got to run and protect yourself. So your body is in fight or flight trying to essentially keep itself safe and alive. Um, And so your heart rate and blood pressure will increase. Your muscles start to contract. Your digestion stops because your body can't exude energy doing digestion when it's trying not to die. Um, And it does everything that it can essentially to protect you, releasing cortisol, adrenaline and a host of hormones um that also decrease white blood cells because you don't really need your immune system right now you're trying to like outrun something for your life so i imagine the sympathetic um part of your nervous system is always on like while you're awake and during the day or whenever you're awake actually um because fight or flight 
um, and and give me your thoughts if it's not right. But I imagine like fight or flight is still like all through the day. Like any any decision, any like um, somebody popped in the door real quick might trigger it. Um, looking at an email, walking into the corner, you know, whatever. So I think feel like all day, even though it might not be necessarily a huge fight or flight type thing that we might think about sometimes, um, is like your body's always analyzing like what do you need to do. So I imagine that that's all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, um, that's why it's, I'm glad we're talking about it because back in the day, it really served us to have that fight or flight because it kept us alive. Now, like you said, someone can slam a door and it's like, oh my God, I'm in fight or flight. Like we're the only mammal that can also think of things and our body doesn't know that we're not really in that situation. So you start thinking about that conversation you have with your partner, you start getting hot and frustrated. Your body feels like it's in that. So you very well might be in fight or flight, like all day due to nothing that actually is like threatening well i think life. a slam door is a threat could be a threat anything that one, that one makes sense but like if somebody says something to you or like you hear an email chirp or something like mm-hmm. stuff like that is not it should not be as deep um the parasympathetic um part of the autonomic autonomic i'm like looking at it to make sure i can read it right autonomic nervous system um, helps control your body during its rest times and when it's um, down, like during sleep. So when you're sleeping, your body is doing a lot, a lot of important things, like which is why rest is so important. We've talked about it before. Um, probably could talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but your body's like rejuvenating everything. It's it's totally like resetting your body. And so this is sending your, your body signals that you're safe, that you can relax. Um, if you've ever had a bad night's sleep or have suffered from insomnia, you know like how uh, miserable it can be. Like when you are kind of like, especially when your brain is sleepy, but like you just keep moving and and you can't settle in, you can't sleep, you can't stop thinking about things. It's like a really, um, well, really that sounds like you're probably in like fight or flight at nighttime when you should be able to let the parasympathetic take over. Um, Also it messages, it sends sends activity um, in your organs throughout the body to let you know that you're calm and safe. So that's when digestion, um, they say like not to eat at a certain time before you go to bed because um, it kind of blocks your digestive system from properly like doing what it needs to do, flushing out um, and setting your body for the next day. And also um, these functions don't involve risk or danger, but they're still key in keeping you alive and healthy. So it's super, super, super important. Um, a lot of people who do deal with, um, uh, what is it called when you can't use the bathroom? Incontinence. That's not what I was going to say, but I'll, I'll go with it. Con- I was going to say constipation. Oh, um, that too, yeah. When people are constipated or, like, and a lot of people are constipated and don't even know. Like, if you're really not using the bathroom um, within a certain amount of time after you eat, like, you can be so backed up. And it's, like, people who stay up all night or you don't get a proper rest or whatever. It's, like, your body's, like, really not doing what it needs to do. Or when you eat too much at nighttime, your body now has to do so much other work that it doesn't allow your organs and your body to rest the way it should. So it's like you're robbing your body of rest. Um, this is a total side of note, but like you're robbing your body of rest at night um, when we overload it. And so with these um, two parts of the automatic, I just want to say automatic, autonomic, what is it? Autonomic. Autonomic of the odd autonomic nervous system um it's what's helping keeping you functioning day in and day out 
And if you heard it, it's like, you know, one is keeping us alive, but so is the other one, right? So if you're never digesting, you're going to die of like constipation and backed up things in here. If your body never has that rest, you're going to die. And so um, this regulation um, on an extreme scale is when your body is always in fight or flight and you're never able to rest and digest and do those things. And prolonged times of being in fight or flight lead to a whole host of diseases, which is why you see like a rise in all of those in current day society, because we're so stressed out all the time, like our body is under constant stress. And so some signs of like dysregulation in your nervous system is like, um, responding to something that happens that seem that seems very small, but maybe have like a really big outburst towards it instead. Um, and that is because of a host of things, but like trauma and stress and stuff in your life. What are other signs that you may be dysregulated? Um, I like what's the difference between just being in fight or flight and then that being a signal that your ner- whole nervous system is in dysregulation? If you are always in fight or flight, I think that that's like a sign. So if, if you don't come down, so, um, you feel very nervous, you feel very irritable, you will get into some of those like coming up. But um, because I actually learned some new stuff. So in my Mm. yoga teacher training and my meditation um, instructor training, you learn a a lot about getting people out of fight or flight, right? So like teaching people um, techniques to help them calm down in the moment. But I actually didn't know that there were like actual states of the nervous system. And so that's why I said, I'm not really going to, into it. Cause like I said, we'll kind of dive into it. Cause there's like three main states of your entire nervous system. Um, and once you real like learn to recognize where you are, then you can kind of figure out like, Oh, I might need to try this or, Oh wow. I didn't realize that I wasn't regulated. Okay. And so, um, um, before we jump into these, like, can you tell when your nervous system is dysregulated? Um, I'm gonna say I'm not sure because I'm I'm not sure what that state feels looks and feels like exactly. Um, if somebody just says to me like, "Oh, if you're always feel like you're in a constant fight or flight," um, I would say it probably is a little bit for sure. Um, but I maybe can think of like different times in my life or different periods where I may have been a little bit more, um, for like a better word, uncalm. Than others, like there's certain times, like I feel like right now, uh, for the most part, like I'm not really bothered much or I'm not um, super triggered or or certain things like that to where I feel like I can very quickly like bring myself down or I can feel the thing and then be back to normal. Um, So I don't in general feel like it is now, but I'm sure there have been times that I have. Um, And also I'm wondering what the signs are because, for example, my friends make fun of me because um, a couple of them that have um, Apple watches, they'd be like, oh, my wrist and heart rate, their wrist and heart would be like 50 something, whatever. Um, and then they put it on me and I was like, imme- I was sitting there on the sofa and mine was immediately like 93. And like, and so another time I was like with another friend, I was like, um, what's your wrist and heart rate? <laughs> so I can make sure like see what's going on. I think it was like maybe like 72 or something or based off what we're doing, just kind of chilling. And then mine was like, you know, way higher or, or maybe his was like 60 and mine was like 80 or something like that. But mine has, has seemed to always be so much higher, even when I'm sitting there. So it does make me think that it's probably like, even, even if I'm sitting down or doing something minor that maybe that, if it is a signal, um, it's like, all right, my heart is doing a lot of work, even when I'm not really doing anything. Um, so what could that mean? And for me, that makes me imagine adrenaline, probably more adrenaline, which could be from, certain things that I might be just thinking or um, 
or that might be bothering me or something like that, even though I'm just sitting down and feel like I'm chilling. Um, and, you know, when you're, like, in that, like, rapid thoughts and always, like, maybe down a rabbit hole or thinking about your to-do list or whatever, like, mm -hmm. that can also spike, like, your um, your internal system that you need to do something or something's wrong or whatever. And so with that, if that's part of what could be a connecting factor, then I, I would say maybe it probably is um, dysregulated. Yeah, no, that's that's a great example. And um, I know some people have, like, higher resting heart rates than others, but, like, to your point, like, absolutely. I feel like that is pretty high. Yeah, um, I called my mom to ask her. <laughs> I was like, so what do you think about this if, if my heart rate's always a lot higher than other people's? And she's like, well, you need to learn some, you need to breathe. <laughs> so other stuff she said, and I was like, yeah, no, I do that though. But like I breathe and I do meditations and things like that, which I definitely have slipped on recently. I haven't been putting as much time into that. Um, so I, I, you know, it's like, I feel like I know the techniques and in general, um, I might can catch myself thinking too hard or whatever, but I'm probably also so used to being at a certain state um, that it doesn't really feel like it's that off. Mm. Um but, you know, in certain times, like, other people around other people, they'll call you out and be like, man, just sit down or, like, you're asking too many questions or, you know, like, when you're just not, like, just chilling. Or they'll get on me like, man, you can't just chill. So I know what might seem normal to me because I'm so used to it may not be, like, kind of everybody else's, like, true relaxation or true state of rest for them. Yeah. These are all such great examples. And I think it, it's a great point, um, which, like I said, we'll jump into the states and of the nervous system and I'm just learning them. And as someone who is like a, a practitioner of some things, I'm like, Oh wow, this is interesting. But I noticed, um, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that, you know, what's normal to you might not seem dysregulated just because it's how you are and how you have been. And I think a lot of people might actually be in a constant flight, fight, flight or freeze. They might actually be dysregulated and not even know because it is normal to them. Um, I can tell personally when I'm dysregulated, when I do have, um, big outbursts to little things. I was having a conversation the other day. Like I just woke up and I was like, man, I'm feeling real, like a little anxious, like my heart. I was like, man, I just feel dysregulated a little bit today. But then I noticed like every little thing, like things that normally wouldn't bother me were bothering me. Like it just seemed much bigger than it really was. And in the conversation, the person was like, hey, are you good? Like your energy seems different. I'm like, I am. I just like a lot is going on. And, and, normally I would have been like, I'm fine. And then had like big adverse reactions, but I'm learning to try to be present. Um, so, so with that though, with that example, um, that sounds like PMS or like how when, for women, like sometimes our hormones, we get into a stage where like we're more irritable and things are going on. So is that an example of a time that your nervous system is dysregulated or is that a whole separate thing to just say, Hey, you know, my hormones are doing X, Y, Z, or is that like a part of that? It's a part of that because um, our nervous system helps regulate our hormones. And so whenever they're on different levels, it is, we are a little bit dysregulated. Like our testosterone is higher. Our, um, they're all escaping me right now, but all of them are not what they normally are. And so so your hormones being out of whack is, is the same as your nervous system being dysregulated. I'm not a doctor, but. Or um, it's like a part. Yeah, it I, say, part I think it's a that. part of that because our nervous system helps regulate okay. all of those things. And then the other thing for clarification that I was wondering about or that I'm thinking is, um, are we calling it a dysregulated nervous system? When is it something that's just like a every once in a while thing? Or is this like a long state of being? And by that, like how, you know, when people talk about like being down today versus depression. Like, so when we talk about that, in which way is it dysregulated? It could be either or both. 
Okay. So any instance. So so chronic dysregulation can be linked to things like depression and stuff like that. So so any, but Mm. we're talking about dysregulation, like acute. So if something happens and and you are in fight or flight and then you notice it prolonged, but. So you could quickly be dysregulated. It's not, like, like it's not a thing that has to like, it builds up over time Mm -hmm. necessarily. Oh no, you can be like instantly. It's like you ever um, having a really bomb ass day and then something happens in your whole world. Like, like, bro, what's going on right now? Like it could be an email, a phone call, something that really just throws you off and gets your your fight or flight going like that's uh the disruption to your regular nervous system i think it'll make sense let's jump into it um because the science was saying that a lot of people don't actually know what state they're in and that makes sense because none of us know these states or at least i didn't um and so the first state of your nervous system is the ventral vagal state ventral means like the front of your body um and that's important because your heart is on the front of your body so think about this being like your heart is open state like i feel safe i feel social um you feel connected to people you can make eye contact you might be feeling confident calm joyful energized curious um i have days where i'm like man i really feel like myself today and i'm now connecting like oh that might just be when i'm regulated um This is one of the nervous states or systems, parasympathetic responses. And in this state, you have great digestion, immune responses, circulation. You're relaxed. You feel grounded um, and you're just present. So for me, ventral vagal seems like your regulated state, like whenever you are like the most of yourself and being being able to be chill. Mm -hmm. And this sounds like it or it does. This is connects to how when we're all when we're talking about other things, um, and how it affects your actual health, like why like stress or anxiety or um, things of that nature like are actually like literally bad for you because it's keeping your body from uh, being in a state where it's better regulated and allowing you to be calm and like safe and in a restful state. Mm-hmm. So that's why like that where like in this state, you're not wearing at um, wearing at those things. Sure. And fight or flight, that's the sympathetic. So that's the one where uh, we talked about it earlier on. This is the activated state um, where the part of your brain kicks in on the survival. So um, during this time, you're going to feel more energized. Um, maybe you have you ever felt like a rush of adrenaline um, if you thought somebody was like walking behind you fast or, um, oh, I know everybody's done this one where, <laughs> you know, you'd be in the car <laughs> and you like um, – you was looking down or like at your phone or something and like you you immediately be like well <laughs> like you gotta hit the brakes real quick and then the person like you weren't really about to hit the person but it's just like you were so not there that like all of a sudden you you feel that like flash through your body like you know you're about to be out of here um i imagine so like that's a heightened like quick adrenaline like like imagine that's like your brain's telling like everything get ready in your brain in your body like that's literally what that is um you could feel more angry rage irritation frustration um, so if you're in, like, fight-or-flight response, like, imagine that also triggering um, aggression. Like, maybe you need to protect yourself or defend defend, um, or, or take care of something in that way. Um, physiologically, your blood pressure, heart rate, and adrenaline increase. So you're getting that energy, but your digestion decreases. So now all of that energy is going towards what do you need right this moment or what does it think you need. And also your pain threshold goes down. Um, so you're... you're it's almost like your body, our bodies are so cool. You're prepping yourself to like do what you need to do um, and to protect yourself and, and to survive without being like feeling the pain as much. Um, also, people like get stronger during those times, like when they lift a car off their mm-hmm. kid and things like that. 
Um, so all of those states aren't necessarily a bad thing, um, but imagine being in all the time. So um, you may know somebody who's like a jackrabbit type person. They're always hyped and uh, turned up all the time. Um, or you may know somebody who um, is always like, it seems very aggressive all the time. Um, your body is doing work when it's like that. So your body is working, working, working. If you're, if you're very jumpy or people like, dang, you're scary. Like every, you're always like jumping at everything. That means your body's probably like at a higher level, um, when it could be a little bit lower. So it's not necessarily good for your body if it's always in that, um, state. So with PTSD, chronic stress can also make you sick and keep you feeling anxious all the time. Um, so for folks who may be veterans or, um, have an experience, I think a lot of, uh, people in certain neighborhoods experience PTSD um, from the environment which they grew up as well. But imagine kind of having been in a state of danger and then how that can also stick with you and carry on, um, Mm -hmm. which is very real thing. Um, So that's why sometimes it's, you know, being in this state of fight or flight isn't necessarily seen as a good thing because it's like a, it's almost like this constant, like a, a weight on you to take care of something when there may not necessarily be something that you have to take care of. And so you can be more irritable and anxious um, ongoing. And that's why um, I love the question you asked, like, is this like long term or short term? And I'm like, it's kind of all connected, right? Because like, you know, living in, in those type of situations or living in a traumatic home around abuse or anything like that can really like set yourself, your body up to always expect that. And then you're oh, always in that heightened that heightened state. Okay. Yeah, but I would, but to that, I, w- I would say that I think it is a big difference between um, somebody who grew up in a particular neighborhood and that they may have be dysregulated to a degree as opposed to um, if you're in the house and somebody slams the door and you, you might get scared too. But like, I think if it is just for that second of like your trigger and go back, then that's not the same as like, you're ongoing, like, Oh no, I was talking it. about like living around, um, a constant traumatic environment, like abuse, like stuff like that in the house. And I only say that from like experience, like I, I have a heightened nervous system from like living around that. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So I would, I would say like, yes, that person may be able to say like, I have a dysregulated nervous system as opposed to somebody who, um, just from something right now, like, Oh yeah. Feels that same type of oh, thing. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But I think one, like you said, could like lead to another or like the long term um, mm-hmm. or depending on how big the traumatic event was. Maybe it only took once and then, you know, it could alter your genes. So the ventral vagal is because we're learning together, y'all, is like your heart open state. Your sympathetic is your fight or flight. And then you have your dorsal vagal. And so dorsal is like the back of your body. And they, I like their they had an example. Think about it like a shark fin. <laughs> um, and dorsal vagal is the shutdown state. When you're faced with an overwhelming threat, the shutdown response takes over. In this state, you might feel frozen, hopeless, or depressed. You may feel start to disassociate um, or feel disconnected from yourself and your feelings. Uh, you might not care about what's going on, become real nonchalant on these boys. Um, you may just be exhausted or frozen and feel like you kind of want to shrink um, and draw into yourself. Physiologically in dorsal vagal, your body starts to conserve energy. Um, so kind of like hibernation with bears. Uh, we store more fuel in, uh, known as fat in this state and your insulin le- activity increases. So you could start to gain weight here. Um, your pain threshold actually increases in this state. And the dorsal vagal is also a parasympathetic response. Um, and again, each one of these states, like there's not, not nothing, there's not anything wrong with them. Like in small doses, they're all meant to help keep our bodies at homeostasis. 
Um, because sometimes the safest thing to do is shut down or to fight or to be quiet or to do whatever you need. But whenever you stay in dorsal vagal, it can turn into chronic hopelessness. And they mentioned that that could lead to like depression and has been linked with it. Yeah. And so with that dorsal vagal state, um, imagine that's when um, you hear people talk about like, oh, I have so much to do that I just want to take a nap or like mm-hmm. your if your first instincts are typically to like, yeah, just never mind to all of it. Um, or if you're kind of like on the sofa and you're like rewatching, um, you know, the same seasons of stuff or like just kind of completely checking out. Um, those are examples that I can think of, of when, um, your body might be kind of in that state. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in the sympathetic, so the fight or flight or the dorsal vagal state, like your shutdown state, they said that it alters your thinking. You're not thinking very clearly. Um, and it can be hard to motivate yourself to like do something so like you said if you're overwhelmed with all the shit you have to do it could be in your in dorsal vagal it can be very hard to just like force yourself to get a thing done Mm -hmm. and so um when i was like researching okay so those are like that's dysregulation and those are the states of our nervous system um like how do you actually start to get out of that like what what does that look like And I came across something called polyvagal theory, um, which is also known as the science of feeling safe uh, by Stephen Porges. And um, this is a theory to help heal trauma that just isn't in your head or your memories, but it's in your body. So how we talked about, you know, you just might, you know, have a higher resting heart rate and always be doing stuff. And that's just how you are. You know, that could be something that you can work on with polyvagal theory. And so further talking into this, like I said, I'm learning, is mm-hmm. like when you have trauma, your nervous system can get stuck in a hypervigilant state. Um, you can get stuck in frozen, numb, you can be stuck in fight, flight, all of those things. But once you learn to identify where your body is or what your responses are to things, then you can start to shift into more healthier states for your nervous system. Okay, so again, if there is a way to like heal this, to me, again, that sounds like we're talking about like this over time, um, you've come to be in a certain state pretty regularly. Um, so, so, um, thinking about also healing your nervous system, it sounds like it's very similar to when we just talk about healing journey in general and like your emotions and how you, um, are dealing with things. Uh, would you say that that's fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first thing I would say was think is to think about awareness as usual, um, starting to notice how you are reacting, starting to notice your energy levels throughout the day. Um, I like tactical things, so I, I wish I knew like, what are, what are the like literal, like some list of things that, um, if you, if you have some, you can say some that, that, um, can let you know, like when you are in a heightened state, when you might be in a lower state for me, like I would think about my heart rate. Like I kind of had that example earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would say heightened state, some other things to think about, like, are you, I think I had like six things. It's like, so fight or flight, like, are you really irritable? You trying to curse people out? You very defensive, like, um, feel threatened, like notice, uh, tightness in your chest, anxiety, sweaty palms. Like those are some of the physical manifestations of Mm -hmm. fight or flight. Um, I would say you hit some really good ones with the dorsal vagal one. So, noticing like you'd feel overwhelmed um like just trying to give up like let me just take a nap you might notice overeating um whenever you also feel overwhelmed and that could be one because you're looking for some type of comfort when you're in that state 
does the way you um, try to regulate your nervous system depend upon which of those you are kind of in or or does either of them mean, you know, you still have to like regulate and kind of go through the same type of steps? Um, I think some of them are like, you know, can't can work for any of the steps. Um, like some of the I think some of them can work for any of them. But I can imagine that um, like depending on which one might have more specific things for it. So that's a lot of words to say nothing. I think so th no. Th so that goes into like so you're kind of aware, like you know, you might you're you're seeing signs that you may be a, a little off. Um, and so then next it's like, all right, well, how can I regulate this? And so of course that's based off of like what you're going through. Mm -hmm. um, so then regulation is about thinking about um, some of those different practices and things that you can do, um, which we'll go into um, later. That can kind of start to bring you back to a middle ground. Mm -hmm. um, and in this regulation process, like it helps to start to reverse some of the damage of being stuck in these states or being in them like very heightened. Um, and part of that is also like working on building your capacity to deal with stress. Um, one of the big ways and we've talked about it, the ice episode of taking cold showers and doing things like that, like doing something difficult every day at the beginning of your day has shown to help actually expand um, and help with stress relief and and so thinking about what you can build into your life for that. Yeah, and it's definitely possible to expand the capacity in which you deal with stress, pain, all types of different things. Because imagine how, well, maybe like for me, I know I can um, say like I definitely deal with things totally differently now than I have in the past. Or things don't affect you as much or differently than they have in the past. And so it is kind of something that you can uh, practice and get to a different space of so that your body, again, is not affected so much by the fight or flight or freeze mm -hmm. and then the last part like thinking about just because there's no way no one way to heal it but these are all just ways to you know build a stronger foundation to help you handle it but also just working on our connections and making sure you have supportive relationships with therapists if need be to help you work through some of these especially more severe um trauma or like prolonged like if you if you have chronic you know dorsal vagal like shutdown responses or prolonged fight or flight like that's definitely something you should probably talk to someone about but in the moment you know if you just have like short outbursts with fight or flight like I definitely did that with like my partner the other day and and it helped me regulate I was like oh man I feel very dysregulated right now I was like, okay, well, what can I do, you know, to help you feel safe? And I was like, I, you know, probably just need a minute to myself. But even t being able to talk about that with someone was really helpful. That's good. Um, some other short-term ways that you can deal with regulation, I would say, is um, thinking about things like breathing techniques, um, meditation, things that can immediately kind of calm your body down if you're in fight or flight. Yep, and movement, um, because emotions do get stuck in our body, and I know that sounds crazy, and but, like, even walking um, has been shown to help walking, yoga, dance, somatic therapy exercises, just kind of not getting stuck in whatever that is. It also helps because it changes your environment. It's, like, harder to uh, come back whenever you're still in the same environment where you got triggered. Do you feel like you use um, a lot of these different short-term ones or that you have some go-to? Um, so walking, man, walking saved my dang life during COVID. Like I would just take a walk around mm -hmm. the block to help do that. But also I self-soothe. So, um, if you're not watching the video, I'm kind of like hugging myself and rubbing on my arms. Like that helps. I also saw this like butterfly breathing technique. Cause I'm a very physical person. That's one of my love languages is like you put your thumbs together, palms on top of each other and on your chest. And then you just like move one hand up and down at a time and kind of pat your chest because your vagus nerve is in the center of your chest. And that's like the heart of resetting your nervous system. 
So that's helpful. Um, I do a lot of self-soothing. Self soothing. So that's an interesting thought, too, to think about um, how you, what makes you feel loved also, um, and maybe how you can incorporate that into some of those short, short-term short type actions. But a lot of these things, like you heard us talking about before with, like, getting sunshine and grounding and different things like that, right, and the movement, dance a little bit. Um, but all of that stuff really does help. Um, and I think in the short term, for sure, like, if you're cognizant enough to kind of feel a little, um, like, you know what, I'm a little bit off, do something different in that moment, you can more quickly like feel a little bit better. Um, but then what are some of the things that longer term can kind of help us so that we're not constantly like in this space of trying to regulate like on the fly? Yeah. So um, I love that you mentioned earlier, like writing things down. Cause I think awareness is key, right? So you, so that they can start to arise, but then also writing down what makes you feel safe so that you can set up your environment. So it's easier to, be safe in those moments when you feel unsafe. Um, and all the long-term ones are um, are more about setting up a foundation as opposed to helping in the moment. So like we always talk about body and taking care of your body, getting enough rest. Um, so all of the biological components that influence and regulate your health. So thinking about yeah. all the things that you're putting in your body, the substances that you're taking, um, you know, are you taking care of yourself? Are you like, like body wise, like you have to think about all of that because it all is related to your physical health. I bet that's the most important thing, though, honestly, too. Like I was thinking today randomly, maybe I should just do it since it crossed my mind. I was like, man, I should just do a water, just like only drink water for like a long time um, and nothing else. And like your body is for real, not getting sleep that it needs um, can really like damage your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so much sugar in our diet, so much salt and fats and, you know, the way we eat. Like, I just, I be junking it up. I be having the spirit of junk food, like, on my soul, <laughs> heavy. Like, I will have food, but, like, I'm like, that's just straight up. I just want some pizza. Um, and it does feel like those things are, mm, I don't want to say necessarily, like, addictions, but, like, it feels like those things are, like, instinctual things. Like, I like I need this thing right now, and you don't. And it's, like, that's something you can break um, and so really like a lot of these habits around our health, um, are big, big ways. I think that probably feel a lot less stress, especially with less sugar and certain things like the way that affects your body. Um, you could probably be in a better, better mode, um, than fight or flight all the time. Man. And you really can. Cause I've improved my own nervous system. Um, like the fact that I even notice when I'm dysregulated now is growth because baby, I'd be wilding. It used to be wilding out here. Like, don't know why I feel so uptight and, like, I'm just going to explode on people or having reactions on my friends. Like, they didn't deserve that. I'm just wound tight right now. And you stepped on the landmine and I exploded on you. And so um, I've always subconsciously or unconsciously, you know, used things with my body to help me regulate. But now it's much more consciously, like, down to the things that I'm intaking. Um, and then thinking about, like, your mind and your emotions, all things that we talk about, this is nothing new, but, like, nothing groundbreaking, but all the science shows that these things work. So, you know, talking to a therapist, journaling, working on your self-talk, working on affirming yourself and your goals and challenging yourself and building up your mind, doing research, like all of these things help. Having better like internal working models, like talking through conflict and all of the 233 episodes before this. Yeah, you store up a lot of energy in your body when you're not releasing emotions, when you're not releasing stress, et cetera, um, that affects you uh, physically and your physiology as well. And, like, I know part of what we learned with Transcendental Meditation, too, is around, like, how um, stress collects within the body and that 
the point of meditation or part of meditation allows you to like break that stuff down um, to release and kind of get you to a more regulated state. Um, and I remember like they had like all these charts and different stuff that we were looking at and talking about. So um, just to allow your body that time to like recenter, refocus and to get regulated is super important as well. Um, and I think probably for the long term, because it's like you're you're so backed up already that just every little piece is like helping you to break that down. And so I imagine short term, it might be like right now something's going down, going on, but that doesn't like heal all these points, you know, that have just been collecting over time. So it's important to have those types of habits. Um, it's also important to be connected and pay attention to your relationships with other humans um, and with your community and society at large. So being involved, having um, a in a bigger way, like purpose with other people can be helpful for um, your body. Also, just like having friends that you keep in touch with, that you chat with regularly, um, that you can really check in on or that you can really talk about, like how you're feeling and what's going on. Um, just making sure you have outlets, really, because, again, that not having the outlets or not um, being able to release with other people and spend time with other people is just more time of you bottling things up or keeping things inside. Um, so definitely spend time in connection and also because laughing and having a good time is also going to be um, beneficial for you as well. Right. So it's not all about like just make sure you got somebody you can vent to. Um, but like having a good time is um, important. And sometimes like especially when you're in um, a freeze, perhaps like on the sofa or whatever, like the best thing you can do is like, let me just go ahead and like uh, go hang out at my friend's house or call mm -hmm. somebody and just see what they're up to. Um, or sometimes it's even doing work and like doing the activity, like just start doing something mm -hmm. and then you just kind of can pop out of it. Um, so just remember that people are there to, um, just have fun with too, not always just to be like prying to and be vulnerable and all of that stuff. Yeah. That, they color our world. So make sure it's not just one color. Um, and the last one is like spirituality, like making sure you have a connection. They don't have to look like nobody else's, but that you're connected to your purpose, goals, your why, whatever it that is in your life, because that like something larger than and outside of yourself. And I really love that this is thought of as like the science of feeling safe and the science of safety. Because when you think about all the things that make you feel safe and loved, like if you set up your life in a way that every every facet of it does that, I feel like that can help you regulate your nervous system. And I like the use of that word too, because I don't think I ever really think about safety in that way, you know, and, and that um, to feel safe is when like you're not stressed and worried or whatever, right? Like I think about in terms of like my physical safety and other things like that. But in general, um, we think about like, oh, we want to be loved and want to feel peace and whatever, but to feel safe Think about how um, important that is and what all that really encompasses. I think uh, to think about that is very important and, you know, allows you to, like, have a different, like, approach to the way you're kind of viewing things and the way you feel. Yeah, even saying that, I'm like, that feels good in my heart. Like, mm -hmm. I ain't got to wash my back. I ain't got to worry about not checking no parking tickets. I'm good. Um, so hit us <laughs> this week at Carly's Couch and let us know. You know, if you know anything about regulating your nervous system, if any of this really stood out to you, if you find yourself in a constant, you know, dorsal or dor dorsal vagal state. Yes. Um, so, yeah, hit us all the platforms and let us know what's up. And then this week's question of the week, Alexia, if you are cooking for someone, um, what is your best go to meal to impress them? 
don't know. I don't, people always ask this, and I don't think I have a go-to meal anymore like that. Um, maybe I would say, depending on what which they liked, I would say um, lamb chops or like a like fillet, like steak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like one of those maybe. I was like, I'm trying to get you to steam me some crab legs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I make cra- make crab legs in the oven. It's like less messy too. Look. Crab legs are so easy; it only takes like eight minutes. Um, but I don't do like all that boil stuff. Um, actually, Dama's wife she made the best seafood boil I ever had, and it was so cool because she made them. Everybody's in their own individual pan. Um, but I don't need all those juices and corn and potato and stuff. Like I really just obey it up and just you can put it in the oven. Oh, see, I didn't like know that. Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm normally I'm a boil girl, but you said that one day, and I was like, damn, I could put that in the oven. Mm-hmm. Look, okay, so. Like, I'm going to be asking for that. <laughs> um, mine, I would say probably shrimp and grits. Like, I make a mean shrimp and grits. That's a meal you really got to know how to make to claim it as your best go-to meal, Carly. Yeah. Whenever right. you're ready, say the word. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a taste test, guys. Look, yeah, we'll, we'll come um, back. Maybe not the next episode, but maybe the one after that. We'll see what Lexi thinks. It got to be fresh, though, too. You oh, can't sh- just be pulling don't it. Don't play with me. I'll pick <laughs> it over here. Yeah, I was just saying we can't. <laughs> You can't be like, warm this up. It might not be the same. But, oh, it absolutely um, is not. <laughs> That's pretty cool then. Um, so you all, what's your go-to meal? Talk to us about your nervous system, um, what you felt about the episode, and have a great regulated rest of the week. Peace.